hey, we accept Bitcoin now. Don't know what Bitcoin is? Let us explain it to you. They kicked all my family off their land. You're better than them, babe. I'm not better than them. <laughs> the Pablo Escobars of the world will figure out that they don't even need the banks. But this is the stuff that you say where I'm like, really? Is it going to pop like that? So it's only a matter of time before the Islamic world gets dragged into Bitcoin. La, 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 la. You're listening to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. I'm Ian. That's Keon. And, and we're, we're the, the Recepies. My husband loves Bitcoin, and once a week, I let him talk my ear off about it. Yeah, I'm a real cheap date. Cheap maybe, but it's a lot of work. I'm going to do something. May as well do it the best way possible. And Flirting with Bitcoin is audience funded without ads or sponsors. Mm-hmm. This ain't your grandma's podcast. This is podcasting 2.0. But we can't do this for free, babe. We have Bitcoin to buy and a new mouth to feed. <laughs> See, our son agrees with me. If and when people enjoy the show, they can support us by giving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever they're listening. They can share episodes on their social media. And of course, they can send us some money. Obviously, I prefer Bitcoin. And the best way to send us some is through our two favorite apps, Strike and Fountain. Ah, let's explain how that works at the end of the episode for anyone curious. Sure, babe. But I still like real money, and so if you want to support us... Babe, babe, Bitcoin is real money. Sure, but if you want to support us with old school money, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and subscribe. We offer monthly and yearly subscriptions that come out to less than a dollar an episode. To all our fountainheads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show to cash in on our bounty program. Make that money, honey. Y'all ready? Hey, Keon, you ready, baby? Let's go. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mandana. How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling romantic. Okay. Uh, you're my Sherry Amor. That's good to know. <laughs> Hola, Spain. Namaskara, Nepal. Guten Tag, Germany. Sawadee, Thailand. Hola, Brazil. Good day, UK. Good day, Canada. Hola, Argentina. Buongiorno, Italy. Namaste, India. Kamusta, Philippines. Bonjour, France. Hello, Indonesia. Hola, Portugal. Hello, Netherlands. Konnichiwa, Japan. Witam, Poland. Da Drivet, Bulgaria. Hola, Venezuela. Hola, Mexico. Day, Australia. What's up, Nigeria? And howdy to Texas. Howdy to Texas. What time is it, babe? The current time is 823-484, and we're approximately 2,862 blocks since our last recording. And if I gave you one U.S. dollar, how many acres could I get on sunny Bitcoin Island? Today, for one dollar, you could get 2,379 acres. AKA Satoshi's. Dang, babe, that's low. It's only gonna get lower. Get low, get low, get low, get low to the window. No, this is not that type of podcast. <sighs> Yet. Um, and what if I wanted to buy other things like eggs, beef, gas? Uh yeah, so eggs are up to fifty four hundred Satoshis a dozen. Ground beef is up to 8,300 Satoshis for a kilogram of ground beef. Gas is up to 5,400 Satoshis for a gallon of gas. 
And milk is up to 35,000 Satoshis for 100 pounds of milk, I think is what that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so everything is up across the board uh, since our last recording, uh, which means the Satoshi price index is up 4.12%, which means that currently, even though the price of Bitcoin has gone up, the fiat price has gone up even higher. Mm. Yeah. 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 Checks out with my <laughs> experience in life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, you know, <laughs> the website that I use, priced in Bitcoin21.com, uh, uh, they're just regular, they're just gathering commodity prices and comparing them to uh, Satoshi's. Um, but just because the price of Bitcoin is appreciating does not mean that other things aren't appreciating as well. And so just because we see the price of Bitcoin go up doesn't mean that everything gets cheaper. Yeah, true that. On um, a long enough timeline. Yes. Yes. Um, and let's say I'm trying to get one whole Bitcoin by the next halving. You do not have a lot of time. Oh, no. How much time do I have? There's only 123 days. Oof. Yeah. All right. So what do I got to do? I mean, it's plus or minus, but like 123 days. What would the Satoshi Savings Calculator tell me? Uh, the Satoshi Savings Calculator would tell you that you need to buy 800,000. 800, uh, the Satoshi Savings Calculator would tell you you need to buy 813,000 sats per day for the next 123 days. And at its current price, you'd be paying $342 a day. Get to it. Yeah, it only, you know, you could do it weekly or monthly, but it just becomes more expensive. <laughs> yeah, monthly is what, 14 grand? Monthly uh, is about $14,000. If I did the math right in my head, just kidding. Yeah. I We have it in a Google Doc right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, babe, it's been a minute since we've recorded. A lot's happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's happened for you? I mean, <laughs> I've been bedridden twice. It's true. I had a cold and then I recovered and I still was like super tired, but I recovered. We had a great like winter solstice uh, slash Christmas five day off. Like it was wonderful. And the last day was Ian's birthday and we just had the best day. We had people over the house. Um, Keanu was just being adorable. He's walking now. Um, he's 10 months and walking. It's just crazy. And, um, just the best day ever. And then the next day I woke up and I got Keon and I was like ready to have the day. I wanted Ian to have another day of like sleeping in. And then I was like, uh Oh, and I ended up having two days of food poisoning. <laughs> so poor Ian, like right after the up of his like birthday where I was like, don't do anything. I'll take care of it. He had to take care of everything. So, um, it's, there's just been no time for a podcast. <laughs> No, podcast fell down the steps. But I missed the podcast and like, yeah, I'm I'm excited that we're recording tonight. I'm excited that I feel good. I'm excited that, you know, everything's good on the home front and like we can just have a fun night of uh, like literally catching up because Ian's been in the trenches, <laughs> as have I in my own way. Last episode of the year. That is. What a year, babe. What do you think? How was 2023? I feel like you were like frowning a lot, but it was a good year for you. <laughs> it was the fastest, longest year of my life. 
Yeah, that's very true. Um, But more after the break. All right, so are these your reflections? Um, I mean, personal or just in general? Well, maybe both. Like, these are my reflections. I don't know. You know, confessions. It's like, come on. I'm feeling really musical tonight. Yeah, you are. I mean, I sing all day long to Keon. Um, I mean, you know, he likes being sung to. Who doesn't, right? I've never sang for you. Do you enjoy when you hear me singing I, to Keon? I mean, I don't need it, right? So, like, he likes it. So yeah. that's, that's all that matters. You're not me. jamming there to, like, how I'm singing him Disney jams all day long. No, no. No, I feel like you tune it out. I, I have to. <laughs> I can only hear the same songs over. I tune it out while I sing it. That's skill. Oh, yeah. That's um, a singer for you. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, like I said, and it's the uh, last episode of the the year last episode of the season season two is Ooh. down season ba- finale what's gonna happen are they gonna kiss finally <laughs> <laughs> um uh but what i was saying is that i was uh, what i was getting to is that um you know we talk about the podcast with people and, and oh you have seasons that's cool or whatever um but we didn't really have like a theme for season one and season two i don't think um, but I definitely have a theme for season three. Mm-hmm. So I want to retcon in themes for season one and season two. Okay. So that I'm we can listening. start season three like we always had themes, Aww. right? So and this uh, would be our second TV show because we have a, a, we've done one before. Or Ian's done a TV show for us before. Um, but we'll talk about that maybe later this episode. Cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, so I think season one for this show, I would call Genesis, right? Yes. Or Genesis Block or whatever. Genesis. Okay. Yes, it's it's religious overtones, but it's actually Bitcoin overtones, it's right? It's the term, yeah. The term is the Genesis Block. So the first block in Bitcoin is the block that sets the whole blockchain in motion. Um, that's the only block that was not actually mined. Mm-hmm. Like Satoshi had to create it manually on his computer um, before how him and uh, Hal Finney could like run the network. Um, so I would call like a season one, like season Genesis or something like that. Right. And because we're retconning, it doesn't really matter. So the episodes don't have to match with the theme that much, but mm-hmm. it just means like beginnings and like you're, you were just learning about Bitcoin. Absolutely. And, and you know, you always reference like the first 10 episodes of the show, like go listen to those and they'll get you like started down like Bitcoin. But uh Another thing that I would I would call out is that season one was uh, we started twenty twenty one, correct. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one. Oh wait, no, twenty twenty two. Second year, second. You know, it was no, 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 no. Twenty twenty two. Yes. We started in January twenty twenty. Ooh, the years are just blurring. Yeah. Um. So we started the pod January twenty twenty two, and basically until January of this year. You you've basically been in a bear market the whole time we've been doing this podcast. You've actually never seen a bull run. Yeah. Like you kind of saw it when we went up to 69. A lot of people are saying that that run was stunted Mm -hmm. because of China and Tesla nonsense Mm -hmm. and then the FTX nonsense. Like a lot of people believe that the 
the all-time high from this cycle should have been in the six-digit range. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I mean, it was still a good run, right? It went from 3K to 69K. Mm-hmm. So that's like a pretty solid run. Yeah. Um, but regardless, by the time you understood what Bitcoin was, you basically been in a bear market the whole time. Like for you. But it's gone up. For you, though, like yeah. by the, I would argue that by the time you really were like, okay, this Bitcoin thing makes sense or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were going from 69. Yeah, you're right. It's <laughs> right? never been higher than it was when I was like, First paying First, attention yes, to it. Right. I understand what you're that's saying. That's what I'm getting at. So oh, mm, I'm very well aware of that. I know you're yes. very well aware of it, but I'm <laughs> I'm using that to say yeah. like, so season one is Genesis. But doesn't your girl have conviction? You built it up because you had a podcast. That's true. So season one, Genesis, season two, season of the bear, right? I would just say it was a bear market like the mm. whole time. And a lot of things that happen in bear markets, I think are like good learning. Right. And so because you're with me, as you just said, like you were forced to hold mm-hmm. through that bear market. I wasn't forced. I mean, again, I do what I want. I, I know you do what you want. <laughs> and I'm arguing if that we were not together and somehow you had bought Bitcoin and it went from three thousand to sixty nine thousand and you did not know me. Mm-hmm. You would have sold. Maybe. yeah. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, we don't know we don't you're right um you, yeah i'm not saying anything <laughs> you're right babe only you could convince me no other guy could i mean perhaps another guy i'm not saying that's not possible i'm just saying if if we were not together maybe i mean it's it's possible yeah how many bitcoiners are there in the world it's not that it's that i don't necessarily know if i would sell if I understood what Bitcoin was and I was watching it and the price went down, I think I would still like make the bet long term than then get rid of it because then I feel like I've already lost. That's fair. Yeah. Like that's where I'm getting at. I'm like, I, I actually feel like I, I would wait it out. I'm not saying you would have sold and lost money. I'm saying you would have sold on the way up is what I'm saying. Oh, Maybe. I'm saying it went to 60 something mm-hmm. and then came back down and then it went to 60 again. Mm-hmm. I think you would have sold at the second 60. Maybe That's all I'm saying. Right. A I lot of like- people did. A lot of people did. Oh, <laughs> right? okay. A lot maybe. of people okay, did. Okay, yeah, fair enough. A lot of people were like. I love how I, Ian is calling me basic. I'm not calling you basic. I'm just saying that a lot of people, it ran up, it came back down. And when it ran up the second mm-hmm. time, they were like. Okay, I'm taking my winnings this time. All right, so season one is Genesis. Season two is the bear. The, the bear. Yeah. Um, actually, like lines up with two of my favorite TV shows. First one is Preacher. Genesis. I was say the Bible. If you know, you know. <laughs> um, I love Preacher so much. Um, it's such a good show. I think about it all the time. If anyone watches Preacher, shout out. To you. Um, and the second one is the show The Bear. So I like I like these names, babe. I wouldn't have picked them. I feel like you are talking about uh your experience more than mine. I feel like my first one would be like uh I was interested. Um, and then see, season one is I'm interested, some term like that, and then season two would be that I'm all in. What's after all in? 
I've been all in and there's still stuff happening with you. I'm just saying. So once you're all in, like what, what would be the next theme? <laughs> uh, like balling up. I don't know. You're saying after the having, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna, Ian's just like, Oh babe, it's going up. It's go-. That's actually like the only thing that you've said about Bitcoin since we've last recorded. I'm saying that it's going up because the ETF is happening mm-hmm. and it's happening soon. Yeah. And there is no way for them to buy in and it not go up. What it's going to, when it's going to, I don't know those variables. But I do know that, depending on who you ask, 25 to $50 trillion is going to be able to buy Bitcoin in the next 60 days. So it's just going to get crazy. We don't know. We don't yeah, know what's going to happen. All we, we know is anything. that the supply is fixed. So... Uh, if they do happen to drain everything out of Coinbase and every exchange, um, they're going to have to bid very high to get people who have not sold over a decade mm-hmm. to sell them their Bitcoin. Yeah. And the people who have it are the people who are probably not going to sell it because they get washed out in every every downturn. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've had some bear markets, 90 percent, 85 percent, 80 percent drawdowns. There were people that bought that entire time. Yeah. <laughs> like, why True. would they? Like, you say this every time. You're right. You're right. So, uh, anyway, I say all that to say, like, I don't know. I'm not trying to pick price predictions or anything like that. All I know is that it's a large wave of money that's coming. Mm-hmm. And so, all I'm saying when I say it's going up is that, like, you have to come up with some serious, serious FUD to counteract what is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, um, one of these investment firms or whatever called uh, Van Eck, they recently just put together a commercial for Bitcoin. So this is like a wealth management company making commercials about Bitcoin. It's out already? Uh, I mean, I saw it right before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know if it was leaked or something like that, but like they're ready. How many, how long was it? It's like a commercial. It's like 30 seconds, 45 Ooh. seconds. But the point that... None of this matters. The point is, is that Do they explain Bitcoin well enough in 30 seconds. I don't think so. Probably. But it, it doesn't matter. Right. Like they're putting together marketing materials mm-hmm. with their own budget. Yeah. Bitcoin has no CEO. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no marketing team for Bitcoin. But there's a company that's allocating their marketing budget to making commercials for Bitcoin. Right. Like very interesting. I mean, we're doing marketing for Bitcoin. <laughs> they're right, but they're incentivized. Once they're in the game, they're incentivized to market it. Mm-hmm. So why they're not gonna they're no longer gonna be fudding Bitcoin. Mm. Right? Like the guy who's gonna be buying the most is the guy who two years ago was saying it's money laundering money. What's right? Jamie Dimon saying? He was in front of Congress. Him and Elizabeth Warren were like making out in a you know, testimony basically being like, Ooh. you know, I mean, Jamie Dimon just, he has no incentive to say anything good about Bitcoin. So right. he goes in there and just says every government should shut it down. It's bad. It's bad. It's he's bad, still it's saying bad. that. He's going to say it until he doesn't have to say it. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying it in my opinion, because Elizabeth Warren is asking him to come in and say it. Mm-hmm. They don't call people in to say good things about it. Mm-hmm. I right? guess like they're not. Okay. But yeah. Right. Like, so, so you're asking, so you personally are asking me about what does Jamie Dimon have to say about it? Right. So he's got negative things to say. So he happens to be in front of Congress testifying. Yeah. But the guy who has the most money and is about to buy the most Bitcoin, Larry Fink, they're not calling him in. Who's Larry Fink? He's the CEO of BlackRock. Oh, okay. 
So he obviously has nothing bad to say about it. Right. <laughs> he's got mm-hmm. more money than Jamie Dimon. Yeah. And he has nothing bad to say about it. So he's not sitting in Congress testifying mm-hmm. in front of Elizabeth Warren. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's my thing is like, whatever they're trying to do, like, it's not enough FUD for what's about to happen. So that's why I'm just like, for the past week, just being like, wow, like, this is really happening. But like, we got in before the ETF, like... Could we do some like irresponsible financial things and get more in? Sure. But like, Should we? no. Okay. But the point is, is that like we literally front ran Wall Street. You know, the thing is you're, you're so restrained in this way. And that's where I'm like, is it really going to pop? Like, I don't know. I, you're just very restrained, but maybe if you were more like put all our, our shit in it. I mean, I've been asking you to move your retirement account into it. I know you have. And you haven't done it. But is that doing crazy shit or just like doing it? No, that's a sane decision. Okay. Right? But like, I did it. Yeah. I did it. I told you I but did it. But was it easier for you to do it because I didn't do it? Or do you not like, you think we should be 100% all in? I think you're asking the wrong question. Ooh, what's the question? I think the question you should be asking yourself is what do you think is going to be worth more when assuming you stay in this system when you retire Mm -hmm. your retirement account or what your retirement account would buy you in Bitcoin today in Bitcoin. Like you tell me which one you think is going to be worth more. And that's where I think you should allocate your money. I personally do not think that any retirement account is going to be worth anything um, close to, it'll be worth something. I'm not saying it'll be worth nothing, but I don't think it'll be worth close to anything that Bitcoin will be worth um, when you retire in whatever whatever time frame you want to pick, yeah. because this ETF is happening, they are going to be buying Bitcoin, whether officially or unofficially, the first trading day of next year. <laughs> like it's happening. Dang. So like, will they push their entire bucket of money in on day one? Probably not, because that's not the responsible thing to do in their world. But like. They have a number in their head that they plan on buying mm-hmm. and they're going to start that day one, 2024. And it's going to be a daily buy, just like we buy every day and DCAers or whatever. They're going to be DCA with tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. So like they don't have to buy whatever number it is all at once, but that continued pressure on the supply of Bitcoin, like there's just not enough to go around. So what do you think is going to happen in 2024? Is that going to be the year that everyone's going to get into learn about Bitcoin or, or be like, oh, Bitcoin, have that aha moment? Or is this the, just the next wave? You had asked me this summer um, what I thought was going to happen. Obviously, yes, I think I think the price of Bitcoin is going up simply because the value of the dollar is going down. Right. So a long enough timeline, the price will appreciate. Um, But this ETF stuff was still like, I mean, it's going to happen, but maybe, maybe they'll get it done before the halving. Maybe. Right. If they didn't get it done before the halving, they're, they're just going to miss out on the whole wave. See, they've been studying this long enough to know what the halving is. Right. So they know they have to start buying before the halving. Yeah. Right. So it's a no brainer. So, right. So then the question just became like, well, when do you think this ETF is going to happen? Do you think it's going to happen like, two weeks before the having, or do you think it's going to happen as soon as possible before the having? And I would argue that 
when it's happening is the, if not the only time, if not the prime time for it to happen, which is you're starting a new year. Mm. So as these asset managers make their money off of what gains did I get you? There's nothing left behind in 2023. So these little bit of gains that we saw already, right? Like Bitcoin's up 150% this year. Yeah. Right. It's up 150%. And people are talking about it like it's not up 150%. I know because everyone keeps thinking about that 68, 69. Sure. Everyone yeah. wants to get to the next all-time high. But what what I'm saying is that that buying pressure and the front the the buying pressure that currently exists does not really include any of this institutional money. All of that is coming in next year so that all of their gains will have the entire year to accrue. So they're willing to discount the 150 gain this year, right? They would have loved to have had that on their like performance, right? But if you can sell Bitcoin, if this is just pure business, I don't think this is evil or anything like that. If I can sell Bitcoin by the millions to people who don't understand what the having is, that is the easiest freaking win for my portfolio mm. ever. If I make a percentage off of what I make you and I explain the having to you, but you still don't get it. Mm -hmm. That first year is going to look freaking amazing. Right. And all those people are going to tell their friends. Right. Yeah. And it, they might tell all their friends that year. But definitely by the end of the year, everyone's going to be like, wait a minute, they tacked a zero onto Bitcoin's price? Like, what other asset did that in 2024? <laughs> and then it'll be like, oh, there's this thing called the halving. And, you know, people who bought into the ETF before the halving saw 100% returns in 30 days. Like, that's possible. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the point is, is that from a purely wealth managers do is make they make money off of how much money they make you. If you're selling Bitcoin, it's going to be the easiest time that they've ever made money ever, mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Guaranteed. There's no other scam they've ever run that will produce what Bitcoin will produce. And it's not a scam, mm -hmm. right? Like Jamie, Jamie Diamond has been fined $50 billion for crimes. Ooh, what will the ripple effects of that be? Of what? Of them not having uh, like any shenanigans. Because Bitcoin is making them money. That would be interesting. I mean, so I think the shenanigans will always exist. Um, but you won't need banks to do the shenanigans. That's the difference. And who, right? who does them? Theoretically, you everyone has their own Bitcoin now. Mm -hmm. So like Jamie Dimon and the banks get fined for basically money laundering and variations of it. Right. But money laundering itself is at best, a fictional crime, right? Like, it's only a crime because the United States controls the dollar and mm -hmm. they don't want you to do certain things. So they make you uh, justify why you're using your money. They don't want you buying guns. Justify what, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... No, explain this to me. Money laundering is a way for them to justify what? The anti-money laundering laws are... a are a form of capital control for the United States. So I can be, let's just use a very extreme example, right? I can be Pablo Escobar, right? And I've started this business in Colombia where we sell cocaine, right? And 
I'm sure there's places where cocaine is and is not legal in the world where it's legal. (laughs) Okay, fine. But the point is, is that I did my business. I have my dollars. I'm Pablo Escobar. I want to spend my dollars other places. Mm -hmm. If I put my dollars in duffel bags and move them around the world, I don't have to ask permission to do that. But when I try to put my money into a bank, now it becomes, well, where did you get this money from? How did you acquire it? Right. So it's a capital control mechanism where when we want to say that insert thing is illegal, that's a way of enforcement, right? The the money laundering laws are just enforcement mechanisms for, uh, in my opinion, um, the other arm of the world police. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, so what all I'm saying is that whatever shenanigans the banks are doing with the Pablo Escobars of the world, Mm -hmm. that will probably still continue. Only difference will be is that eventually the Pablo Escobars of the world will figure out that they don't even need the banks. Mm -hmm. I don't have to move these duffel bags of cash and I don't need to put it into the banking system. I can do this all on this thing called Bitcoin and it's not controlled by the United States. It's not a United States controlled financial asset. So there's no laundering. It's only if I want to get dollars for my Bitcoin that I got to deal with you people. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I just won't get dollars. Right. Because everyone will take Bitcoin, especially going back to one of our first episodes, right? Where I was like, criminals are committing crime and being paid in Bitcoin. If you're willing to commit a crime for Bitcoin, it must have some value. Right. So Pablo Escobar of the future, probably of the now. If you have that whole network that they always show like in the 90s movies, right, with the private planes and the guys with the machine guns, right? You got at least they always got the one nerd in the back that's like operating the cell phones and like getting everything set up on the tech side. That guy If you're a drug dealer and that guy's a Bitcoiner, guess what? You're probably a Bitcoiner. Mm. And if your tech guy doesn't know about Bitcoin or puts you into like some crypto scam and loses all your money, you kill him. Ooh. That's the game. It's tough being, I mean, you're a safe tech guy here, babe. Yeah. But so my point is that like what Bitcoin does is doesn't, it doesn't reduce the, the, it doesn't reduce the, the shenanigans that the banks are doing. It just removes their main customer. Like people that are trying to sneak money into the United States by any whatever means they are out of the United mm-hmm. States. You don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. It's just Bitcoin. And uh, you can argue that once your unit of account, once you keep all of your money in Bitcoin, like you don't answer to anybody. They're trying to scare people through apps like Venmo and Zelle and all that fun stuff saying like, any transaction over $600 is going to get reported to the IRS. That's bullshit. Okay, fine. Like, but you know, um, it's ridiculous, but this is the United States government and they're choosing to do this. This is part of that regime of rules. They're relying on the same set, which is like, you know, we're trying to protect people by inspecting all of their bank transactions. All right, fine. I mean, you can technically inspect my Bitcoin transactions if you're, really following me but all you can do is watch you can't stop it mm-hmm, right you can't seize it because i did something you don't want me to do you can't intercept the payment they just jacked russia for like half a trillion dollars and they're talking about literally giving it to ukraine mm-hmm. 
TLDR, uh, the banks. Too long, didn't read. Yeah, the banks are to Bitcoin what the post office is to email. Like, we don't need them. Mm-hmm. I have addresses that I can send people information and doesn't require a middleman, a.k.a. the post office. And we saw what happened. It filled up with junk mail and they basically kind of like are going out of business very, very slowly. Right. Uh, the banks are going to go out of business very, very slowly. That's all that's going to happen. It feels like it already. Yeah. I mean, they had a couple collapse this year. Mm-hmm. One collapsed on Kean's birthday, um, mm-hmm. which is like crazy. So I'll remember that. And then, you know, the year before that was the, the start of this war in Ukraine, also around mm-hmm. Keon's birthday. <laughs> like, that's true. But like, we actually are, we being the United States, we being the West, are suffering the most um, from, I don't say the most, but it was presented as though we were not going to suffer at all in this proxy war with Russia. And in actuality, it's appearing like it's really going to hurt us mm-hmm. because what they did to Russia put the rest of the world on notice that we were willing to do it. And basically for the last two years, if not a lot of time before that, countries have been diversifying out of dollars. So just like with Bitcoin, the demand for Bitcoin is what increases its value and or keeps its value. The demand for dollars is going down. So just by definition, it, it will just be worth less because there's less demand for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, I saw today that they were talking about, well, we, we can't find any more money to give Ukraine because Congress won't approve more and the European Union won't approve more. So they're like, well, what about that 300 billion we stole from Russia? Can't we just give them that? And they're like, uh. Could we use it for ourselves? I mean, the, the thing is, is like it, it's it's frozen. It's not confiscated. Mm. So like Russia can't touch it. And they've kind of like written it off in their mind. Like we're never getting that back. But at the moment, it's just considered frozen. Like No one's allowed to move it. They're literally talking about confiscating it so that they can legally <laughs> give it to Ukraine. And probably as things have been going lately to Israel. Right. Yeah. They're like, OK, we stole 300 billion. Uh, we'll give one one billion to Ukraine. It's all a joke. It's all fake money. It's literally all just fake money. It's yeah, it's fake. That kills people. Yeah, and I think you know, there's a lot of people that are waking up to the fact that there is an alternative, and that's all that really matters at the moment. They don't have to understand the technical of it. They don't have to understand the like. What's making you say a lot of people are coming to understand it? So, recently. There's been a wave of, I don't say a wave, but the Muslim world is now looking at Bitcoin as um, pure money. When you say Muslim world, who are you really talking about? I'm talking about a few different people. I believe it's the, and don't quote me on this, mm-hmm. but the UAE, some princes in the UAE mm-hmm. are like writing pieces about Bitcoin explaining how Bitcoin is halal, I guess, mm-hmm. is, or, uh, but like it, Bitcoin fits with Islamic practices. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people, a lot of people that are like, we've been forced to use this money that we all kind of understand the dollar mm-hmm. or any fiat currency, really. 
Send me that article. I'll send it to a few Muslim people. Sure. Um, but it's been talked about for a while. I posted on the notes. Yeah, like it's been talked about for a while, but I think one of two things. Either A, real power tends to move slowly and then all at once. So I think that the different people and articles that I'm referencing in my head, I'll put them in the show notes. Uh, they're using the idea that the dollar and fiat currencies in general are not halal. Bitcoin is. You mean they are haram? Haram. There you go. Sorry. They are haram. They are haram. My bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Sorry. I could not guess what you were saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My bad. So basically they're coming out and just like all the think boys in the West, right? Like who have their opinions on what Bitcoin is and what can it, it can do for their culture and their world as they see it. The Muslim world is now coming on board to Bitcoin and what how they see it and what they think it will do for their world and their community. And do you think the Amish will get on board eventually? I think that this is the only technology the Amish might adopt. Really? Yeah. And for one reason and one reason only, I think in a world where you can no longer buy things with gold, um, they would not knowing what I know about the Amish, they would not go along with a CBDC. That's for sure. If they understood what it means, they would definitely not go along with that. It's got the technology in it, right? So, like, there's that. But with Bitcoin, um, I think the Amish would adopt it for the simple reason of it's honest money. And one of the things that the Amish, since we're somehow drifted into Amish world, one of the things the Amish deal with in... It's a tangent. Yeah. One of the things that the Amish deal with uh, in the States is like, there's this, we have these, this lifestyle that we want to live, but we kind of have to live in whatever life in, we're living amongst a different lifestyle. Right? Yeah. For our international listeners, do you want to explain the Amish? So the Amish are people that basically don't use technology. Um, they drive horse and buggies still. They're mostly agrarian, um, large families, uh, no TV, no cell phones, no electricity to the, for the most part. Yeah, they live in like landlocked parts of um, northeastern America. Sure. Um, but one of the things I think is kind of funny is uh, we had like this big national um, cell phone test day where they were like testing some new alarm system. And everyone knew that they were going to send us like this nationwide text on some day back in, in October. And it goes off. But like. There were like Amish people who were like having burner phones and like they got, got outed, they got caught. Right. But I would say like, but that's just the nature of what being Amish is, is that you live in this world where you kind of have to have a cell phone. Yeah. You can't not have a cell phone. And so they, they're making trade-offs. And so I think in a world where you can only fail forward, right? No one's going back to gold. No one's going back to silver. That's just not happening. Sorry, people. Um, they will have to fail forward into some type of purely technological money. And I think that the Amish, their values and their outlook on the world would be another thing that they would compromise with kind of like the cell phone in their pocket. Yeah. I think maybe, I don't like know if they it, never the got Amish market, like if they use credit card, do you remember? They do. They do. Yeah. So they're already doing yeah. something. But well, that's my point is like there are certain things where you just have to say like in order to survive in this world that I live in, I have to make this adaption. And so the Amish, 
the Muslim world, like there's a lot of people who are learning what this thing is and they're pointing to it and saying it can fix problems in our community, in our culture, right? In our religion, right? Like it can solve problems that like we have been coming up with workarounds for. And I just know that the Muslim world kind of controls the energy world, Mm. (laughs) right? Like, yeah. So that would be an interesting. So I think the energy world. So here's what I'm saying is that the energy world and Bitcoin have already kind of merged. They've already merged. Like there's a lot of really smart people regardless of what the FUD is and all that fun stuff, there are really smart people that are showing how Bitcoin incentivizes energy development all over the world, especially in Africa and underserved places, because it starts paying for itself immediately now. So the, the demand is always going to be the Bitcoin miners first. So it doesn't matter where you go on the planet. If you can bring a pile of Bitcoin miners, there's only one person in the village getting electricity and the rest of it goes to the Bitcoin miners. Well, that energy supply is still built and exists and you can build on it and you just slowly turn off the Bitcoin miners. So energy and Bitcoin have already been tied together. Now energy is tied to the Islamic world through the oil tends to come from places that are uh, controlled by uh, Islamic leaders. So the energy world and the Muslim world are kind of tied together. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like figuring it out, right? And what's going to happen is that it might not be in the next four, eight, 12 years, but fundamentally Bitcoin is the price of energy. It's mm-hmm. only input is electricity. So, like if you're thinking of Bitcoin as something that is produced at a factory. So the price of Bitcoin is a million of Bitcoin. That means that's the price of energy. On a, on a relative level, like at the end of the day, when the last Bitcoin is mined, that will definitely be true. Um, when that becomes like mostly true before then, I don't really know. And that's going to be left up to smarter people than me when it comes to like energy and Bitcoin. But what I will say is that if you were making anything else in the world, let's say you're just making a uh, bread, mm-hmm. right? Bread has more than one input, right? The only input into Bitcoin is energy and out the other side comes Bitcoin specifically electricity, but that electricity was derived from various energy sources, solar, wind, hydro, natural gas, coal, whatever. All of those energy sources that are used to mine Bitcoin, it's all used to produce every 10 minutes a certain amount of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So all of that energy produced a thing that has a market value of X. So by definition, since its only input is energy, Bitcoin is the price of energy. It's just at the moment an asymmetric pricing mechanism where only the people that understand that it's the price of energy are paying. Sorry, only people that understand that it's the price of energy are buying it right now. But when the entire world understands that it's the price of energy, then everybody will have to buy it. Because energy is literally what makes humanity work. So this is something that I think is, we don't have to. I don't know if you're being um, deep or not. I'm not really being deep. I'm not trying to be deep. I'm just saying that. I'm not trying to be deep. It's just who I am. 
I'm not I'm not trying to be deep. I'm just saying that Bitcoin Smooth talk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know me. The ladies love when I talk about the price of energy. What ladies? Who? The, the ladies. Who? The ladies. Mm. We got lady listeners. We got oh, fellow listeners too. Is that why we have lady listeners? Perhaps. The I don't know. Talking of Ian Reese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. So I'm not trying to be deep when I say this. What I'm saying is that Bitcoin is tied to energy. Energy is tied to the Islamic world. So it's only a matter of time before the Islamic world gets dragged into Bitcoin. They might take a detour and go try to be their own thing, right? This is like what OPEC is, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to form a cartel. You could just drill your oil and sell it for whatever price you think works for your government, but mm -hmm. they don't, they're not currently doing that, right? They have a cartel. They agree on prices. Sometimes it works for everyone. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and there's a lot of other like institutions mm -hmm. that have been created to kind of solve this. What's the price of energy problem? Right. But they're all centralized. OPEC is centralized. Strategic Petroleum Reserve is central. Right. Like there's all these like mechanisms that exist in the world today because the price of energy is not decentralized. Right. You got basically OPEC on one side and people who drive SUVs on the other. And if the price gets too high, the people who drive SUVs are like, I ain't paying that. <laughs> and they sell their SUVs. And if the price goes too low, the OPEC countries are like, look, we can't, uh, we can't pay for all these social services that keep people in line over here. And we get, we have revolts and things go bad if the price is too low. Um, but OPEC and let's just say the United States via the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, neither one of them is incentivized to give up any control to the other. Bitcoin arbitrates that, that impasse. Yeah. Right. It's like, I agree with what you're saying. So big, that's, so this is my point. I'm not trying I to I will be, validate your statements. Right. I'm not trying to be deep. <laughs> I'm just saying that Bitcoin arbitrages that. Yeah. I mean, and, it's beautiful. It's very well designed. And the, the, the props Muslim, to Satoshi and the Middle East and the Muslim countries are slowly coming on board to Bitcoin as a solution to that problem. Do you think any other Bitcoin podcasts, say things like props to satoshi uh definitely yes yeah i mean there's like i mean there's 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 religious worship of satoshi out there so i'm sure someone's giving Is him there? props oh yeah i meant like you know it was a, kind of like a silly props to satoshi i mean again like i don't they have our vibe what they have our vibe I don't, a I'm silly not, vibe <laughs> i'm not speaking of anyone in particular i'm just mm -hmm. saying that like it, i don't think it's impossible to think that someone said props to satoshi at so some hard point. when i don't know anything about the bitcoin world yeah it's to very think hard. like oh my god sometimes i'll go to ian and i'll be like ian we should do this and ian like will pull something up on his phone like someone does this already and i'm like oh yeah it happens no new idea it happens enough it that's happens for sure enough yeah but once in a while i have a fresh idea so yeah i mean you got tons of ideas and and Having an idea that you didn't know existed doesn't invalidate the idea, right? Like, I say this all the time. Like, I came up with a bunch of ideas and then Google them and find out that they exist. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a company that's making yeah. money. All yeah. right, good on them. Yeah, that's true. They're executing on my vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have gone with this color scheme, though. Yikes, but uh, I know. That's your vision statement. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your executive team? No. <laughs> um, but no, so, like, I just think that when the Muslim world gets pulled into Bitcoin, I think they're already there. I think a lot of people, just like with this ETF stuff, I think everyone understands now what Bitcoin is. 
I think everyone understands. They tried to scare out the people like myself who were basically able to front run all of this, right? While they're all figuring out how is this new thing going to work in our existing power structure, Mm -hmm. right? Like we already have all the power, right? We got crown princes. We got whatever else they got. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, I guess some of them are oligarchs, despots, oligarchs, whatever they're calling the Ayatollah, right? Like we got all these people that are all in power. And they're not going to go along with a new system that takes away their power. So how do you come up with a new system that doesn't take away their power? You have to decentralize the pricing mechanism of energy. And right now, the pricing mechanism of energy is the United States dollar. And that is what is going to have to change. And I think the world has witnessed what having that power vested in any Fiat currency, forget the dollar. You don't want any country to have that type of power because look at the euro. They will always make decisions that are in their interest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a big deal when China started selling oil for gold um, back in 2018 because gold is neutral. And allegedly, I mean, I wasn't there, I didn't see it coming off the ships, but allegedly, like gold started getting put on boats and people were like making deposits of gold into China so that they could participate in this new Costco's also selling gold bars. Yeah, we talked this about year. that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. They sold like a couple million dollars worth. Mm-hmm. So um but the 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 point is is that like I thought you were saying we don't fail backwards. But look, gold is coming back. But you can't buy anything with gold. You know what you definitely can't buy with gold? Anything at Costco. Can you buy anything at Costco with Bitcoin? Yes. What? Everything. How? Through the strike app? Not through the strike app, babe. Like, there are literal, like, this problem is solved. If you want to live on Bitcoin standard, you Mm -hmm. can. Yeah. Right? Like, I have Bitcoin. Costco gets dollars. Everyone's happy. This problem has been solved. Okay. Right? Now, do I actually send Costco Bitcoin? No, because mm-hmm. they don't want it. But that's not my problem. You know, if there was going to be a company to embrace Bitcoin, it's going to be Costco. They're going to be first. At, before micro strategies? No, I mean like a store where you buy food, grocery store. Um, Even though I think there's a way to do it at Whole Foods too. But they're not, they're not like, oh, we're accepting Bitcoin, so I take it back. No, 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 no. Costco no. will be first. I think... I think this is where we are right now when it comes to paying for things in Bitcoin. If you want to live your life in the world and pay for things with Bitcoin, everyone knows that there are ways to do that, right? So there's the Bit Refill app where you can buy gift cards to almost anything. So if you want to go the gift card route, there's um, uh, Fold has a uh, debit card or something like that where it's, it's a card. So it just swipes anywhere, right? Like, People have solutions to this problem. What we don't have a solution for is what you're saying, which is the actual entity accepting Bitcoin, right? So maybe Costco does that. Maybe Sam's Club or some like large warehouser who needs to get that extra 1% margin. Or Trader Joe's. Or Trader Joe's or somebody decides to do it. But I will tell you this. Whoever decides to do it first is going to survive. Mm -hmm. The other ones will fail. Yeah. So like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's why I wanted to be Costco and Trader Joe's. I love them. I mean, maybe I think it might be someone else. I think, I think from the way that I see a lot of this playing out, 
you can't have um, existing companies change that drastically that fast. So like whichever one of these retailers or wholesalers or whatever starts, forget about accepting Bitcoin, just starts doing what MicroStrategy is doing mm-hmm. and is we made $15 billion in profit and we sweep $12 billion of it into Bitcoin. Whichever one of them starts sweeping their profits into Bitcoin wins. They don't even have to accept it as payment. They already have the ability to buy it with their yeah, cash any flow. Any company right? can do that, yeah. Anybody can do that today, and none of them are. I still think like a good company that loves its customers would say, hey, we accept Bitcoin now. Don't know what Bitcoin is? Let us explain it to you. They don't need to do that. I know they don't, but I think Costco will do it. Maybe. Um, I don't think any I don't think any retailer is gonna do that though. I, I think that again, 2024 is gonna be crazy. All right, so it's gonna be crazy, crazy good. Yeah, if you got Bitcoin, any Bitcoin before January 2nd, 2024, you're gonna be doing okay. I mean if that's all you have, like you have like $10 of Bitcoin and you're homeless, you're probably not going to be doing okay. But but if you have been stacking Bitcoin regularly for the last year, two years, three years, four years, whatever time frame, really, if you've been stacking regularly, 2024 is, in my opinion, the year that there is, for lack of a better term, no more FUD. Let's switch gears, Mr. Reese. Something really important happened this week on Tuesday. You what? want to talk about it? What was that? It was your birthday. My man turned how old? 41. How young? 41 years young. Yep. You're at the age now where we say things like years young. <laughs> uh, I try not to say that. I love your birthday. You're not a big fan of birthdays, or I guess maybe celebrating your own. Um, but I love celebrating your birthday. I'm glad you found something that you're passionate about. I love celebrating my man. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? You know, every year you have this really interesting moment where you've entered a new year of life and also the rest of the world is having a new year. So everyone's reflecting while you're also like more deeply reflecting. How does it feel? How are you feeling, baby? Um, I mean, overall, this year was a little men- mentally crazy. Um, learned a lot about myself, proved a lot for myself. Um, but overall, I feel, I, personally, I feel good. Like, I think part of that is because of Bitcoin. But, you know, like this year I learned a lot of other interesting things. Um, I'm starting to dig into my genealogy. I think that was a, I didn't realize that that was going to happen this year, but I, I learned some interesting facts. And so I'm like on this new rabbit hole, but this time it's personal. Um, That's kind of cool. And that kind of like opened my eyes to. So long story short, I've, I found out that. I'm probably Native American, probably Cherokee, but I, I need to do some more digging to be sure. Definitely Native American, though. 
Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, listening to this podcast, uh, if you saw me on the street in America, you'd probably call me a black guy, right? Um, well, I've been on this rabbit hole where I have discovered that um, just personally, like I'm not, when you're checking boxes, I don't, I should not be checking the black box, right? Like that box is not for me. Um, I should be checking Native American or American Indian or something like that. Um, but the funny part about it is like, it doesn't really matter which tribe it turns out to be. Like I'll, I'll find that out. Um, but what it does mean is that like, there's not that many Native Americans um, in North America today. Um, but what I've learned so far, if you just bring in all of my cousins on my mom's side, that's like another 30, 40, 50. And what I've learned about myself, I think applies to a lot of people like myself, who, as I said, if you saw them on the street, you would probably call them black, but they're actually Native American. And so that just got me thinking, like, you know, Bitcoin is this really new thing, this really cool thing. Um, and like, no one can take it from you. Right. Like, theoretically, like, obviously, they can. They can try. They can try, right? Like, but fundamentally, like, if everything is happy path, like, they can't take it from you. And it doesn't really matter which tribe I find out that I'm from. Like, I'm, I'm living in the country that was taken from me. So when someone asks, like, why are you a Bitcoiner? Like, that's a lot easier answer. It's like, they can't take it from me. And they took everything else. Hmm. And they're literally going to make me buy it back. Because they took it, right? So you feel it in your heart. Feel what? What you just said. Well, I mean, again, like it just—it's a much simpler answer. Like people, the thing about Bitcoin that—that that, I'm not gonna say bothers me, but it makes me irritated. Is that people want you to justify why? Why you need to own your own money? They just want you to justify why you're doing a thing that they don't understand. Okay. And when it comes down to it, yeah, why, why, why do you want to hold your own money? Do you not trust banks or do you not trust insert whatever? It's like, what do you not trust? And I'm like, well, I mean, I can explain to you the history of money and the history of the world and like how empires rise and fall and currency rates and all that stuff or whatever. Or I can just say they kicked all my family off their land. They're not kicking me off Bitcoin Island. No, they're not. And from what I understand about Bitcoin and how I think it's going to play out, I'm not going to be the richest guy on Bitcoin Island, but I definitely agree with the people who have been here before me saying, you can't take it. I didn't feel like anything was taken from me before. So I didn't have that same like, Mm. right. But um, yeah, no, like. I'll find out which tribe it was and I'll do some history on it or whatever. But the fundamental part is that Bitcoin, I think, is a way for all indigenous people everywhere to, you're not going to get all your land back, right? And it's not going to happen. But if every indigenous, for example, there's only like around 500,000 registered Cherokee in the United States, 500,000. There's 21 million Bitcoin. If every Cherokee had one Bitcoin before this ETF, <laughs> right? like what is that going to be in 10 years? 
right? So do you feel connected to the struggles of the Palestinians? Um, I don't know if it's really connecting me, um, per se, because again, like this is new information. I don't really have like years or decades of, for lack of a better term, like chip. But you know, you've, you know, generational trauma, it's imprinted in our DNA. Did you know that? I've heard this said. Yeah. So it's, it's in you, right? It's gotta be in you. Well, uh, um, it's maybe it's just been, you know, not clear or like not defined or, you know, not tapped into yet. Yeah. And so it's underlying in some way. Yeah. That was just like an interesting thing to learn and a much easier way to explain my Bitcoiner-ness, right? <laughs> Bitcoinerness. And I think, ironically, like I think a lot of people understand or would understand that a lot better than anything else. Right. Like it's not you don't have to explain much when you say like, yeah, Native American land taken, you know, like it's it's like they're. Yeah. The United right? States government has been like, yeah, we did that. Yeah. So it's like no one's saying this is a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. No one's saying that, like, this is not like Jeffrey Epstein Island. This is just it's documented in treaties. <laughs> like it's mm, documented yeah. what happened. But I digress. The point is, is that. I think that this was very interesting to learn this year, especially as we had Keon or after we had Keon, um, because that's now part of his story too, that I would not have been able to tell him um, before. So for example, like Keon is native American. He's an American. He's the OG American. Mm. Right. And, and he, and I'm a descended from that and he'll be descended from that and so on and so forth. Um, but that's like very interesting. And that's not information that I had this time last year. Um, and so that, that kind of like, I don't know, like that really, as I was learning this or realizing this or this revelation was coming to me, it was kind of very similar to Bitcoin where I was like, that can't be true. You know, like, no, mm-hmm. but if it is, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so what do you think, babe? Do you think we should give updates on your journey as, as this progresses? I mean, we can. I think I'll if try to. If anyone's interested, let us know. I'll try to keep it tied to, you know, Bitcoin and what it I. Does, I mean, it doesn't always have to be. It doesn't always have to be, but I think it's part of the Bitcoin journey. I think, uh, I think me learning about this, you know, like I was joking with one of my friends. I was like, don't let Bitcoin go too crazy. And I know exactly where my family's from because I'll just go buy all that land. Ooh. Right? Like. What is it? A county? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. It'd be cool to own a county. Depends and, where it is. <laughs> oh no no no! When 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 you own a county, it doesn't matter where it is. Like I'll take a county anywhere east of the Mississippi. It doesn't matter. You see how this boy's acting? No no no! He's acting you, real cocky. Do you know how big a county is? I do know how big a county. Is. Okay. You just walking around here acting like you're gonna buy a county. Yeah, but. Not all counties are created equal. I'm not talking about Montgomery County. No, you're talking you know, like in Schitt's Creek, the show Schitt's Creek. Yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about places that when you drive through, you're like, what happened here? And the answer is probably the messed up stuff. Right? So all I'm saying is, like, again, I'm talking, you know, this is like ridiculous conversation because it's never gonna happen. But if you know Bitcoin goes to a hundred billion dollars a coin. 
$100 billion. Yeah, and like a county in, which I'm slowly narrowing down to, I think it's probably from around Kentucky or Tennessee or something like that, like in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. So like one of the counties there is going for half a billion dollars. <laughs> okay, fine, we can buy it. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Like I, I, we have a hundred billion dollars. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying yeah, like, this is how, but this is the stuff that you say where I'm like, really, is it going to pop like that? And then you're like, I don't know, maybe for Keon when he's older, I'm like, which is it? Which is it? Am I about to like be okay. wealthy or is Keon's children? Maybe <laughs> Look, I, I, you know, you said it earlier and I'll just tack on to it. Like you, only really get information about Bitcoin from me. So you're not like scrolling and you're not like reading or watching like what people who've been studying it for a while and like what they're kind of coming to and saying or whatever. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like I don't doubt this number, whatever it is, is going up forever. Like I don't doubt that. All we're debating is the slope. That's all the debate is. I understand that. And so, and so like a girl gets some patience. It's not, I but gotta, I got a job. I got to work. You are just hearing me say out loud that my brain has been willing to accept. Yes. The numbers that people are putting in front of me. But that's because I've been sitting there taking it from every angle possible to try to just be like, okay, is that like a crazy scenario? Is that like the super conservative scenario? Like, where are we on the, on this scale? Yeah, and I appreciate the work that you do in that respect. And I'm always just going with the most conservative numbers I can find. I know. Because it's easy to pull the crazy numbers out, right? man. But, you know, the world economy, I, I think, is like half, no, whatever is after a trillion. Quadrillion? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of money and quote-unquote wealth floating around in the world. A lot of it's not even accounted for. But the, for the wealth that we can account for, we know it's around four to five hundred trillion dollars. Pick whatever percentage of that you want on a long enough timeline, it's going to move into Bitcoin. And so when you when, when we talk about Bitcoin as like what is it going to be worth? It's like, well, if Bitcoin is the money of the planet, the 21 million Bitcoin or the 2.1 quadrillion Satoshis have to represent and account for the economy of the entire world. It's already in a crazy number in dollar terms. So like it, it'll just have to find a balance. One Satoshi will be a dollar. One Satoshi will be one unit of energy. Yeah. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a great movie called in time. I don't know if you've seen yeah, it. I've seen the okay. movie. In Time was like playing somewhere. I was like waiting for something or something. I don't know, but I saw it playing and I was watching it. And I hadn't watched that movie in probably since were it you came out. Were pedicure? That's where I was. Yeah, I, was at the, I was at the nail salon. I'm like, when was the only time we worked yeah. together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but that was like on and it's playing. And I'm like watching this movie. And the, the, the premise of the movie In Time is that in the future, they create immortality, right? And so the only way for you to survive is uh, or be part of the society is that at 20 something years old, you get implanted with like a timer on it and it's counting down and all the work you do and everything you spend is time. So like a cup of coffee is eight seconds or like 
a car ride is like 20 seconds of your time, like off your life. And the whole setup is that like you're, you're on the poor side of town and this guy comes across a guy who's been alive forever. And he's like, why wouldn't you want to live forever? What are you doing in this like poor part of town? He's like, I can't live forever. And he ends up dying and giving him all of his time. So this poor guy goes in like to the rich world and sees how they're living. Right. It's Justin Timberlake, right? It is Justin Timberlake. I was trying. I was trying. <laughs> You're not to dancing say, around that fact. It doesn't matter who it was. <laughs> it's a good movie. It is a good movie. Um, but the point is, is that like I'm watching it and I'm like, OK, they're using the term seconds, but you could very easily replace that with Satoshi's. Mm-hmm. And they're coming up with this concept of like you have this timer that's counting down and you have to work. Now, granted, it's like, you know, in this movie, they're like slave labor kind of thing. But it's Justin Timberlake. So like it's not really slave labor. Um but they're like earning time. And if you run out of time, you die. Well, in a world where no one can create new money because it's only this thing called Bitcoin and Satoshis, and you still have bills, you're not going to literally die in the street. But like if you're not producing value, you are either spending out of this massive reserve of Bitcoin that you've earned over the years or you just can't be part of the society that says, you know, this hamburger is two Satoshis. If you have none, then you're hungry, right? So, like, the movie is very drastic in the idea of, like, you run out of time and you literally die in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, we have a lot of people that are not providing value into society, but they still have the ability to buy resources. Yeah. And for whatever reason, good or bad, they can do that. That is where we get all the distortions in the economy. I bet you will also have a barter economy. By definition, Bitcoin is uh, commodity money. So you are technically bartering when you spend your Bitcoin, right? Um, But no, like Bitcoin is just a better, if not best, form of money because it is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. It's not like what I said earlier with the Chinese opening up oil sales and gold where people had to like put their gold on ships and like ship it to China. It's like, if you want to start a new energy market, but it requires people to put their precious gold on a boat that might sink. It's like, well, this dollar thing isn't that bad. (laughs) Like no one's ever seen a boat of dollars sink except Russia. Right. But like, but it's good for the pirates. It's paper. It's worthless. No one's going to. No, the gold. Right, right, right. But like the whole point is that Bitcoin negates the need for, and I think this is probably more of what you're saying, which is Bitcoin negates the need for like that centralized clearing place of oil for gold or money or whatever, right? You can have more point to point transactions that don't require your boat going to some middleman and then the boat leaving again and going to its final destination because that's how you you sell oil and gold or you sell oil. Um, And on top of that, like the, when you have more point to point transactions, then the world economy can actually grow. Like this is something that I don't think really will really be understood until Bitcoin is in the, you know, its final form. But like, we won't see that maybe, right? We'll see the tail end of it. Um, but the, the, the final form of Bitcoin is that uh, this idea of credit. I think we've talked about this on the pod a little bit, but mm-hmm. like 
credit, I think, is something that Bitcoin is going to destroy. Like a credit score, like who's credit worthy? Anybody will loan you money for your Bitcoin. I don't care what your credit score is. You could have a one on your credit score. If you got 100,000 Bitcoin, somebody will loan you money. 100,000? But whatever, right? Like, And I'm saying this because all of those people that when I first got into Bitcoin were taking out credit cards with 0% introductory rates and buying Bitcoin, and I was like, that's irresponsible. Maybe they paid the credit card back. Maybe they didn't. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If they got 50 Bitcoin (laughs) and their minimum payments on a credit card are like, let's call it $500. They're set. They're set. And so like they are, they scammed the system in its final days, right? Like that's like the final scam you run. Like, oh, I'll take your credit card. They send them to us all the time. 0% 0% introductory rate for 12 months, 15 months, 18 months, 36 months. It's like, just please let us print more money. Please. Yeah. Okay. You expect me to pay you back? Oh, no. Oh, that's a scam. I'm not like, this is what I'm saying is like, oh, I'll hold a balance with you. Let's just say, for the record, we don't do this. We don't do this. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that if you take out one of these introductory credit cards, do not do this. But what I'm saying is that this is how the world has been operating. I can just point it out in a credit card scenario. So you take out a credit card for let's call it whatever Bitcoin's at today. So let's say $50,000. I know I'm rounding up, but you take out a credit card for $50,000. Maybe by the time this episode it and publishes. You, and, you, uh, and you buy one Bitcoin and you get 0% introductory rates. And you're, when you do have to start paying on it, it's in the hundreds of dollars a month. Whatever. It doesn't matter. If Bitcoin, if that $50,000 appreciates by 5%, you're fine. And you never pay that credit card back. You just pay the minimum balance that represents that initial Bitcoin that you bought. And you're like, I'm never going to pay it off. But here's your $500 a month for my one Bitcoin. Okay, that's legal. It's legal. Yeah. But you don't care what your credit score is. So what if you did that with like 20 cards and you're like, oh, I'll pay you all the minimum. Why don't we do this? Because it's not responsible. But this is how all of these world governments have been operating. So the fact that I'm not doing it with credit cards. You're better than them, babe. I'm not better than them. (laughs) But it points out that like when these governments, including the United States, all they're doing is exactly that. They're just taking out credit cards. They're taking out lines of credit with no intention of ever paying it back. And when Bitcoin reaches its final form, those people that are loaning that money, you know, and helping governments uh, monetize their debt, they're going to want collateral. Like it's already starting to happen where like things that were taken as collateral before are kind of like, yeah, this isn't collateral anymore. Like what? Commercial real estate. True. Right. True, like, that makes okay. Sense. So all I'm saying is that the only that. collateral that's going to be accepted in the future is Bitcoin. It's the easiest thing to, to, to like, if you, if you're doing an actual Bitcoin loan, it's the easiest thing for them to seize and sell and get their money. Right. Um, they can't take it from you if you don't borrow against it. Cause you have the control, but when you borrow against it, you have to give some control of it. And if you don't pay, they can, they can take it from you. So 
in a world where your only credit score is how much Bitcoin do you have, now you really have to provide value because you have to earn Bitcoin to either live or borrow against. And there are a lot of people today who I try to explain Bitcoin to, and they tell me that they don't see the need for it and everything's fine. And I'm like, okay, you're probably right until you're not. You know, I got to say you're super passionate tonight, babe. I mean, you know, I've, I've had a couple of Bitcoin conversations with people and it's been a while since we recorded. Um, and overall, like I just, there's too much writing on the wall for me to not already be like, I told you so, even though it hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. Like it's all just lining up. I feel that energy. And so like, I understand I was skeptical. I didn't push everything in four or five years ago or whatever it was. Like I get it. But after what's about to happen, anybody who's saying the same things in three years that they're saying today, they're for the streets. What's the opposite of the bear? The bull. So it's the bull run? No. Ironically, we never finished that concept from our opening segment, but season three is the season of the view. Like ladies sitting around at a table arguing with each other? No. <laughs> it's uh, apostrophe view. So it means uh, it's a double entendre, mm-hmm. which is the view of like, I think you're, you're pretty deep into Bitcoin, so you, you can see it. Like you mm-hmm. see the vision now. When we started this podcast, I think you were just taking it on blind faith because I was saying it at best. But I think you see the same thing that I see with different variables. Absolutely. Okay. Also, we're going to start doing some interviews and being interviewed. Oh. Yeah. So it's a double entendre. Are we? You're going to figure out how we're going to do that? I mean. The technology piece of it? Figure out is relative. I just know that we... And I lovingly say this are probably going to join the traveling circus of like going on other pods and having other people on our pod. Well, are, I mean, are we ready for that, babe? Yes. yes. Double dating. Maybe. Is there another? Oh, Max and Stacy, like they'd put us on their pod. <laughs> we can ask. I mean, you can always ask one couple to another. Yeah, We can always ask. Um, but no, I, 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 season three is the season of the view or the view, whatever. Um, I'll, I'll retcon all this into our podcast stuff. But uh, no, I, I think that like, you know, enough, I know enough where we can talk about Bitcoin or anything else um, confidently. That's exciting, babe. Um, to close it out, how are you feeling about how much you love me this year? Well, before we talk about that. <laughs> You're changing the subject. <laughs> Well, you said to close it out. So I want to to throw something out there before we close it out. I'm just trying to fish for a compliment, but okay. What else you got? Um, So this is our last episode of the season. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to read to you some of the things that I wrote at the end of last season. Oh, okay. So this is from the season one recap. All right. On January 11th, 2022. We published our first three episodes, but it wasn't until episode 20 or 21 that things started to pick up. So we got like a lot of feedback from friends and family. Um, and 20 and 21 were Fountain. Wow. 
So Fallon was a new podcasting app that enabled us to promote the pod by offering Bitcoin to people in exchange for listening to the pod. If you're an avid podcast listener, this is an easy way to earn Bitcoin by just listening to your favorite podcast. And I have a little screenshot here of us, our ad, like, on Fountain. Um, then we built the Satoshi Savings Calculator last year. I like year. that you say we. You did it. <laughs> I did nothing. This is, the, this is from the pod. So the podcast created the Satoshi ta- Savings Calculator. That's been running for over a year. I took the metrics off of it because it was, like, whatever. But it's still there. It's still running. Um, I did actually one interview on a podcast last year. You did. Um, the title of that episode was, is Kanye West ready for the Satoshi savings calculator? <laughs> yeah. Kanye dollar cost averaging. Um, Mondana wanted theme music. We added theme music. Yes, we did. Um, at the end of the year, we did the married with Bitcoin series. Got a lot of feedback for that. I got a bunch of screenshots of that. And then I just wanted to read you some stats, and then I can tell you the stats for this year. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. 46 episodes, 30-plus hours of content, 50,000 downloads, 200 followers on Twitter, 100 followers on Instagram, 33 subscribers on Substack, 250,000 Satoshis from Fountain, from... I don't think this number is correct because I just saw it for the current numbers. So I'm going to say six, uh, 250,000 Satoshis on Fountain from 600 unique listeners. That's our season one stats. So season two, and I got to go to my phone because... Oh, this is so exciting. It's like Spotify wrapped. I didn't even know it was coming. All right. So this year, we only managed to put out 35 episodes. I mean, I also put out a baby. That is true. Um, however, 35 episodes still brought us to approximately 31 hours of content. Ah, so sorry, sorry, sorry. 41 hours of content. Oh, so more content than last year. Our episodes got longer. Oh, yeah, that was what you always wanted. I mean, you won that case. Our downloads are 339. Let's just call it 40. 340,000 downloads. So 50,000 to 340. I'm so used to that number. But if you told me that number last year, I'd be like, what? Yeah, crazy. (laughs) We no longer care about Twitter or Instagram per se because we focus on Noster. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a thousand followers on Noster. Do you? And the podcast has a couple hundred. Um, Didn't pull up the exact number. We have 116 subscribers on Substack, so that's a 5x. And are you ready for the Satoshi number? So we earned 2.2 million Satoshis. So that's. Don't worry about what that is. We earned 2.2 million million Satoshis. Satoshis. That's how I got to think about it. The show last year produced 250,000 Satoshis. And this year produced 2.2 million. That's a 10x. Ooh. Bitcoin's all about 10x. Is it? It's so all that's not about, a coincidence. I, I mean, we put, we put effort in, mm-hmm. right? Um, more people are coming. So there's that. But it's not crazy to see 10x performance in the Bitcoin world. Ooh. That is very hard to do in the legacy world. Everyone's fighting over 
scraps. Are you trying to inspire our listeners? Dip your toes in the Bitcoin world. I'm saying that the Bitcoin world is where the future is. Doesn't matter what your career field is. Doesn't matter what your um, passion is. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a Bitcoiner, um, use your skills for Bitcoin. Doesn't matter what you do. Contributing your skills to the Bitcoin economy, contributing your skills and labor and brain power to adding a little bit more value to Bitcoin is a benefit to everyone. And I personally saw that as we were doing the podcast this year, like 2.2 million Satoshis. Like that's literally just people saying, yes, we like what you're doing. Please keep doing it. And I just think that that's like the craziest thing. I don't know. Like it's the podcast has like been the most reinforcing conviction factor of the year. Like no matter what news article I read or what FUD I saw get defeated or whatever, I saw our numbers growing in a way that let me know that these ain't my friends and family listening. Mm-mm. Right. So um, that's really, that that's really like just when I was doing these numbers and I was like, wait a minute, what? And last year we had 600 unique listeners. This year we had 1800 unique. listeners. So that's a three X. Awesome. Right. So just to put what we've done in two years into context, two years of relative consistency, obviously having a baby throws off any kind of consistency for content creation, unless you're Carla. Um, <clears throat> just joking. Shout out to Carla getting it done. Yeah. Um, but no, um, no shout out to Ian for like giving me breaks when I needed it. Cause it was a really hard year on me. <laughs> Becoming hard. a mom is hard. But I did it. Very hard. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there for like context of what our first two seasons were. Mm-hmm. And for our third season, try to 10x again. Sky's the limit. Try to 10x. Um, now, I do have one thing I want to say, but I'm going to do that after I say how much I love you. All right. So uh, I love you a lot. Uh, could not do this podcast without you. Uh, probably wouldn't do this podcast without you. Um, probably wouldn't have had a great, crazy 2023 without you. I don't know what this year would look like without you. So love you lots. And uh, let's go crush 2024. Let's do it, baby. All right, so we definitely haven't done shout-outs in a while. Again, things have been crazy. Um, But I wanted to give a year-end shout-out to all of our supporters uh, who just, you know, you guys are awesome, whether it was one sat or 100 sats or 1,000 sats or, boy, 100,000 sats, whatever. Like, every, every sat just... I really can't explain to you guys, like, this has been a crazy year doing this podcast. Yeah, so rather than reading off the uh, boosts of the week, we're going to, in order, uh, read off our top boosters uh, for the year. Starting out with Oi, We for the Ladies. Jean Everett. Hello there. PC Fly. Terla. 
Hunter SF770. M Curse. ENT Mom. Cindy EO. Cerbic. Cypherfy. Cypherhigh. Zordon. I love sushi. Bug Squasher. Exo Resume. Okay. R. Shackleford. Fifth Power Productions. Yellow Flash 21. Alexis. Doomed Amazing. Mark the BTC Guy. Duggan Roop. Busy Brain. Vake. Top One. Pleb to Polymath. I like that one. Hoddle 100 Millisats. Rue Gator. B. Dale 86. Remember Jay Stark. The North pa- Remembers. <laughs> Pragamuk. E. Joel N39. Mere Mortals Podcast. Stacking Sats. E. Ninja. Daniel Cook. Amir M. Defunct Mode. Macy J. In Time BTC with the One Piece profile pic. Nikki Gags. T.W. Boyle MBA. Joey Delage. <laughs> uh, Marco Solo 512. Whisk Undewiz. Lone Star. Perfect Game. Faraday Fordora. Coach Carbon. Corey... Uh, That's just gibberish. Yeah. Corey gibberish. Corey gibberish. I hope that doesn't mean something to you because I can't read it. <laughs> Nick Kenyon. Darwin. Darwin War. In the morning. King Free. Purple Brain 13. R Pilling. Ruby. Trevor Mending. Jason of Bitcoin. KNSV22. JPC BTC. E-V-L-T-W-N. I think it's Evil Twin. I think it's Evil Twin. <laughs> Pacific but Northwest. City of Sky. City Zen of Sky. City Zen of Sky. Bless Allah 786. Chang Bang. Bush Chef. Nick, the founder of Fountain. <laughs> Fernfield. Uh, D-H-D Hickrola. Army Guy 6902. Al Al Cool J, Magnum, great name. <laughs> uh, blogging Bitcoin. Crypto Cenas. Iray. Skinny Sats. Based Batman 21. Newcomers on Fire. And last but not least, Steve, Steve the, the Zebra. Zebra. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. We wish you guys a very happy new year. See you in season three. Thanks for listening to the show. Now let's get you set up on Fountain so you can start earning money simply by listening to podcasts. It's time to join the Fountainhead Nation. Go to fountain.fm to download the app onto your phone. Once you've installed the app and have set up your account, search for Flirting with Bitcoin and follow us. You should also be able to find and follow every other podcast you listen to as well. Listen to our show and episodes from your other favorite podcasts to earn your first stats, which are fractions of the Bitcoin. And keep an eye out for our promoted episodes on Fountain's homepage. We promote every episode so you can earn up to 100 sats just for listening. Yeah, that's right. Your attention's valuable to us. You're not just a set of earballs we've collected for advertisers. You can use the sats you've earned to send us a boost, which is like a little payment with a message. We are very active and respond to almost all the boosts we get. Every 
every episode, we also give a shout out to the top boosters from the previous episode. And if you want to support us or other podcasters with more sats than you earn, you can top up your fountain wallet with a bank card or a lightning transfer from apps like Strike or Cash App. The easiest way to learn is to just get started. If you have any trouble or questions, go to support.fountain.fm. The team is extremely helpful and responsive. That's it. Now you're all set up for podcasting 2.0.